Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. We are in a series titled Bear Much Fruit, and we are in part six already. Isn't that something? Part six. Always amazes me how fast they go. But if you weren't here, I highly suggest getting caught up online. Uh, they're all on YouTube and uh, our channel on there. We got a ton of videos on there. And so you can get caught up on this series and all the other series. Uh, we, don't, we, we, we need to know how to bear much fruit. Amen? Because we are in a time that we need to do something for the Lord. As we, as we say around here all the time, I truly believe we are in the end times. And we need to do something for the Lord, and we need to know uh, how to do that properly. And in this series, I believe we're covering a lot of that on how to actually bear fruit for the Lord. Right? Not, not just do works to do works. Amen? To actually bear fruit for the Lord. Uh, we can get caught up in just works, and that won't produce the fruit. Right? We can see cults do that. Right? They just get caught up in works. JWs. You know, they got a knock on the door or they're not going to heaven. <laughs> they're not going to make it. <laughs> well, we are already saved. Amen? We're already the righteousness of God in Christ. So now we say in our hearts, amen, that we want to bear fruit. And so the Lord will teach us how. Thank you for those no amens. The lo- <laughs> Just because it's light, we can't say amen. Come on. <laughs> well, the Lord will teach us, and he's, he's teaching us in this series. Amen? He's teaching us. And so if we're listening, I guarantee by the end of the series, you're going you're gonna to be bearing more fruit. Amen. So we're going to jump right back into John 15. John 15, and we've been reading a lot in John 15, right? Because it's loaded with this thought. And uh, so that's our subject right now. And so we're going to read it again. You know, when you're studying something, hello, that was weird. (laughs) Is my battery dead? Did you freshen batteries? Okay, well, if it goes out again, we'll, we'll switch over to the mic. So Paige studies a lot, right, to, 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 to learn, to grow, and you got to read it again, right? Uh, in her... that. All right. Now, if that goes out, we got a problem. (laughs) But what happens when you're studying for school? You read it again, you read it again, you study it again, you read it again, and then the test comes. Come on. But you've looked at it many, 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 many times. Well, that's what we do. That's why we look at things so many times. Because 
we don't often get it the first time, right? We, we got to get it. And so if we hear it again, then we hear it again, then we hear it again, then we're ready for the test. <laughs> Amen? You know, there's a test coming, right? There are tests coming our way. And uh, we need to know how to answer. Answer how to, how to act the way God said to do, right? God, what God said to do. And that's, what the, that's why we look at this again. So John 15, 1, this is Jesus, of course, speaking. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Well, I want to be the one pruned, amen? <laughs> I don't want to be the one taken away. I want to be pruned that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Woo! If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. I mean, we've talked about all of that in great detail already. I can't get into every single verse again. You go back and listen. But <laughs> disciples certainly are to bear much fruit. And that is part of our job description. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like having a job description. Well, you should like having a job description. You, you want to know what you want to do as a Christian. You want to know what God wants you to do. Amen. You know, when you get a, when you get a job, often you're going to get a job description, right? And we should want to fulfill that completely. Even in a secular job, right? Just to go down to McDonald's, they say, this is what I want you to do. I want you to grill the hamburger like this. I want you to do this. I, this is how I want you to wrap it. This is how you do everything. This is how you do it. And then you say, well, I don't like that. I'm going to make the hamburger the way I want to make it. What's going to happen? Bye-bye. See ya. Because you didn't want to do the job description. Well, that's what that says right there. Did you read it? Hello? Are uh, the branches cut off? Hello? Are they burned in the fire? If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and withered. They gather and throw them into the fire. Well, I want to I bear fruit. And to do that, of course, we have to abide. We talked a lot about that. You got to abide in him. That means we talk to him. We talk to Jesus a lot. We follow Jesus a lot. We follow the word a lot. We abide in his word. His word abides in us. And we're going to bear fruit if we do that. And this subject, you know, this subject, uh, it should be 
very heavy. And it has been heavy, if you've been here. It's been heavy. And, and we should not take this subject lightly. Hello? Why? Well, uh, did we just read what we read? Yeah, we did. And it's, woo. This is heavy stuff, right? It's talking about branches being thrown to the fire if they don't bear fruit. That's pretty heavy. Hello? We should be looking to bear more fruit. Wanting to, desiring to would be probably better way to say it, right? We should desire to bear fruit for our God. Come on. It should be a great desire of every Christian to bear fruit for God. And God expects us to bear fruit. Amen? He expects us to bear fruit. Expects us. Is, you know, I, like I said uh, in one of the messages, I said, you know, I expect my kids to do something with their life. Hello? I expect something out of my kids. God expects something out of his kids. Are you a kid of God? He expects something. Amen. Many Christians have not understood that. And they think, they think, well, you know, I'm saved. I go to church once in a while, maybe, and, and maybe I'll read my Bible. But no, we're supposed to produce fruit. Hello? God expects us to produce fruit. And like we said, God knows how much production we are capable of. Just like I talked about the corn farmer, the corn farmers know how much they're going to produce before they even plant a seed. It's all, it's all mapped out already, especially nowadays with technology. It's all mapped out. They can show you how much, they can tell you, they can tell you how, if they based on the market, right? They can tell you how much money they'll have at the end of the season before they plant a seed. Unless the market changes drastically. They say, well, we're going to, we're going to, this is our field. We're going to, by the end of this harvest season, we'll be paid a check of $50,000 for our corn. It's all done. It's all, it's all finished already before it even started. <laughs> they know exactly what they're going to get. Well, God knows what we're capable of. God knows how much we can produce. And we should not want to disappoint our father. What, what should we want to do? Please our father as Jesus did. Right? When he was baptized, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why did he please the father? Or how did he please the father? He did what God wanted. He was a man, and guess what? People don't understand that. He was a man. He could have done what he wanted to do. He had a will. He could have done what he wanted to do, but instead he decided that he's going to please his father God. He didn't want to disappoint his father, and he talks about that all the time. He just wanted to do what the father said to do. That's what he wanted. That was his whole life. That's a good way to live. <laughs> Amen. But this is, this is a key we haven't talked about yet, I don't think. But bearing fruit for God is a key to happiness that most have missed. Even Christians look for happiness in things and more things and other things and the job and whatever it is. They look for happiness in a family and a spouse. Well, the biggest key to happiness is doing God's 
purposes, which we've been talking about Sunday night a lot, right? Doing his will, following his ways, bearing fruit for him. Right? Many Christians have very little interest in, in God's things. <laughs> Hello? But what happens if we are not interested in God's things is we are missing out on the real happiness that God wants us to have. I tell you what, I, I am so happy because I get to do God's things all the time. Now, you know, I understand you work a secular job and it wears you down. I worked 7, 11, 12 years, managed. Horrible. Horrible job. And so it wears your physical body down, right? It wears your emotions down. It wears you down. If you're working a real job, like on the secular side where they just beat you and beat you up and then you go and you got to hear cussing and then you got to hear a worldly person, then you got to run into another crazy person. Oh, I'm talking 7-Eleven right there, right? And then, <laughs> come on. But that does not mean we're not supposed to bear fruit. But I'm so thankful that now God got me to a place where I can spend my whole life bearing fruit for him. And, and guess what? Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you're supposed to bear fruit also. Amen? It, you, you can't say, you can't, you can't let your secular life take over your spiritual life. Amen? You still got to want to produce fruit because it's the key to happiness for our lives. It's the key. It's the real key. And, and sometimes, you know, during those years, I thought, man, I don't know how, I ever get it, how, how am I ever going to get out of this? How am I going to get past this? These are horrible things I'm going through. <laughs> I, I, could, I got stories beyond stories, right? I got story upon story upon story. But still the key, I knew the key to happiness was finding God's perfect will and doing it and bearing fruit for the kingdom. And so I kept pressing forward. I said, I kept pressing forward. Remember Joseph, ooh, come on, he's preaching. Remember Joseph, he knew, he knew what God had called him to. He saw his brothers bow down to him. He told them, which was a mistake, because then they wanted to kill him. <laughs> but in his dad, they saw, he saw them all bowing down to him. And, and, and he pressed through through sold into slavery, well, first thrown into the pit, right? To be eaten alive by the lions. Then Judah rescued him out of the pit and said, hey, he's our brother. Let's not, have, let's not kill him, let's just sell him. <laughs> and so he lived, amen? And he went into slavery. And of course, slave is not a good occupation, right? Well, he had, he had some problems there, right? And where'd he end up? Prison. Not of his own doing. Falsely accused. Thrown into prison. But I, I often think of that because he, he pressed through all of that so he could, he could have real happiness in doing the will of God. He could have quit. 
He's a slave. He could have quit. He's in the pit. He could have quit. He's in prison. He could have quit. He never quit. And he decided, I'm going to bear fruit for my God. I don't care how long it takes. I don't know how much I have. To, I don't care how much I have to suffer. I am going to bear fruit for my God. And he did. I said he did. And, and he, come on, he got real happiness. Hello. You see, that's a key it, it, that if you want real happiness, you're going to have to do God's will. You're going to have to bear fruit for him. You're going to have to lay aside your interests. You're going to have to do God's things and be interested in that. Amen. And if you're bearing fruit, right, and you want to bear more fruit, what do you have to do? You have to get pruned. <laughs> pruned. Right? We just read it in John. You got to be pruned to bear more fruit. And of course, this series is pruning us. There's some pruning going on if you're listening. And if you're making changes, guess what? You're going to bear more fruit. If you're not making changes, as I said, I think it was last week, I'm not sure, but uh, we've had some times. If you're not making changes in your normal routine, then you are not going to bear any more fruit. You're not going to bear any more fruit. If nothing's changing, come on, you're not going to bear more fruit. But if you listen to the word and change, you bear more fruit. That means you got pruned. And God cut off some of those branches that didn't need to be there. Come on now. God, God trimmed you properly like all these bushes, which we don't trim properly because we we're not arborists. We just chop. But God will chop you properly. And he'll chop off things at the right time and you will bear more fruit. Why? Because you listened to him. You obeyed him. You did what he said. Come on now. And, and, and the next season comes along and you go, Woo, how did I bear all that fruit? Hello? How did I bear all that fruit? Well, you did the will of the Father. You listened to his word. You took it on, on the inside. If my words abide in you. Hello? Jesus said it, right? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will have whatever you ask. And then he says, you're going to bear much fruit. Oh man, there's so much in this. It just keeps getting deeper. The word of God, man, you can never exhaust it. You can't exhaust it. There's more there. Amen. There's always more there. Hallelujah. So you ready for some more pruning? Are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, are you really, really ready? <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Second Peter 1. Where we were last week, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Woo, glory. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Ooh, man, I, I like Peter. Don't you like Peter? Man, he says it. He says it right. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which 
have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Oh my. You see, we'll, we'll pause right there. See, God has given us what we need. You see all that? All things. He gave us all things to pertain to life and godliness. Hello? He's given us what we need. Grace and peace be multiplied, multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. You see, a lot of times we have to realize God has given us what we need. God is not a bad father. He has supply. He's a good, good, good father. Write that song. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And we can operate with the power of God. Hello. I said we can operate with the power of God. Just like Jesus did. Did you read it? Come on now. Peter's talking about what we have in, in, in Christ. He's talking about the promises of God. Hello? You know there, there's hundreds of promises in the word of God? And if we believe his word, we can do his word. And we can bear fruit. If we don't believe it, eh. <laughs> hello? See, Peter's telling us it's all on the table. Everything's on the table. But guess what? You still have to believe it. No. You got to believe what God said. If it's on the table, if you don't know how to partake of it, you still don't get it. We talked about the youth group. I think it was youth group. <laughs> it was Sunday night. <laughs> we talked about the table being set. You still, if divine healing is on the table, which it is, right? By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I'm quoting the word of God. That's on the table. Right? If we don't, believe it, we don't partake of it. Hello? See, Peter is telling us everything's been set on the table. But you still, we still have to believe what God said. Amen? See, we have the ability to overcome anything. If we desire to overcome. <laughs> that's, that's the point right there. If we desire to overcome, we have the ability to overcome. Peter just talks about all these great promises of God. He talks about God gave us everything that pertains to life and godliness. But then he says in verse 5, where we were last week, he says, add these. Let's, let's read it, verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence... What does that mean? Hard work. <laughs> you won't get all God has for you if you aren't willing to work at it. Hello? If you aren't willing to be diligent about the things of God, you're not going to get everything that God has for you. Diligence, we talked about in the last week, diligence is highly missing in our, in our age, right? Diligence. Hard work. 
go after it. Go after it again, keep going. Keep going, keep going after it. You gotta go after God's things with diligence. Hello? Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Did we talk a little bit about that last week? <laughs> Just a little bit. To virtue, knowledge. We're gonna talk about that this week. To knowledge, self-control. We're gonna talk about that also. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that, nor unfruitful. Are we talking about barren fruit? <laughs> For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Isn't that something? For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. As I said last week, and Karin clipped it, wow and a wow-wow. She said, I'm going to put this, I'm going to clip this, I'm going to use it again and again. Wow and a wow-wow. That is, that is so filled, right? So filled with power right here. This is incredible. Of course, the Word of God is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The whole, the whole Bible is incredible. But what we've been saying is we need to add these items to our soil to be fruitful, right? That's what Peter told us. Add these. Add to your faith, virtue. Add them to the soil, right? Jim and Vera add things to the soil to make things fruitful. These need to be out of the soil to produce fruit. Hello? And I'm not just talking little fruit, I'm talking a lot of fruit. <laughs> Last week we talked about virtue. What is virtue? Does anyone remember? Excellence. Virtue is excellence in every way. Every way. You are excellent in every way. Come on. People should look at Christians and go, excellent. The world should look at Christians and say, excellent. You go to work, your boss, who worldly as he may be, he may be the most worldly person you've ever met in your life, but he says, ooh, excellent work. Hello? Excellent. In every way, our actions are excellent. Our thoughts are excellent. Our feelings are excellent. All those can be excellent, amen? <laughs> Did Jesus ever have an unexcellent thought? Well, I think the thought came in, but he never meditated on it. Like, like Satan came with temptation, right? And what does he do? Come right back with the word. No meditation on it. Because anybody can speak into your ear, right? You could walk out of here a day and someone could be out there cussing you out like a sailor. Are you going to meditate on it? Better not. Come back with the word. Amen? 
excellent in, in, in thoughts, excellent in action, excellent in every way, excellent in feelings, feelings, nothing more than feelings. You know, you can be excellent in feelings. Oh boy. Feelings can destroy our lives. You can get a hold of your feelings. Amen? Amen. Boy, some people, you know, someone dies in their life and it's not happy. It's not a happy time at all, right? Especially if it's unexpected loss. But a lot of people never get over it. And their feelings control them the rest of their life. That's not excellent. There is a time for mourning, amen? There's a time for mourning a loss of a loved one or a friend and you, you mourn them, you have a loss and there will be tears. If you love them, there will be some tears and the emotions will hit, but you gotta get a hold of those feelings and be excellent and not live your life in those feelings. If you live in those feelings, it'll destroy you. So that's not virtuous. Come on. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, right? But we, everybody knows that. But Jesus wept. But he didn't let feelings rule his life. You, you could say, you could say, weeping at the time of a loss of a loved one is excellent. Weeping for the next 20 years of a loss of a loved one is not. Hello? Come on. We got to get a hold of things, right? We got to be excellent in every way. That's what God's called us to. Add excellence. Add virtue to your faith. Good enough is not how God operates. Come on. We talked about this, but I, you know, it's so good. It's so wonderful. It's just, it's so, it's so godly. Jesus was excellent in every way. God is excellent in every way. And then we say, well, good enough. Right? I told you a story. The minister who's a, who was a recording artist also recorded many, many Christian songs. And he was, he was having, he was recording a uh, a song, a gospel song, right? A good news song about Jesus. And he had some musicians there. And I don't know if the musician was saved. I don't think he was. <laughs> Hired some professionals, you know, to come in. And he, uh, he was recording the song and uh, he wanted the, the, the guitar player, whatever he was, he was thinking he was a guitar player to do something different. He said, That's, I don't like that. It's not right. And, and you're not on rhythm. You're not doing it perfect. And, and he said, ah, it's just gospel music. It doesn't matter. He said, you're fired, get out. Why? Because it's supposed to be excellent. Now, you know, yeah, I, know, I know perfect is, is hard to reach, right? But we do the absolute best we can. And we go excellent as far as we can possibly go, excellent. Right? I, I'm preparing the message until I come out here. I mean, down to the last minute. Why? Why? Because I want it to be excellent. And 
And just this morning, I made several changes in my message, which was prepared. And then we had the ice, so I didn't even, I, usually I work on Saturday too, but I didn't work on Saturday. We were home all day, which was nice with the family and, and in the ice. We played life last night. I won. I had 3.2 million, right, Jude? Is that right? Something like that. By the end of the game, I had $3.2 million and they were just behind me a little, just a little bit. But Judah actually won the game for me because I couldn't spin the spinner. Every time I spun it, it didn't move. It just, and they laughed at me. It was fun. And then, and then I said, Judah, just spin for me. And he spun and he got me the perfect, what'd you get? I can't remember how it worked. You got me a bunch of kids or something, right? He got me a bunch of kids in my car. So I got a lot of money at the end of the game. So I won. Because you get money for your kids. That's how the game works. I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on, but we want excellence in every way. Amen? I want to be excellent in my message. I want to get down to the last minute and get it as excellent as I can. Amen? We want to make the church as excellent as we can. In fact, we, we, got, a, we got a lighting guy this week came out I've had a couple of lighting guys. I think this might be the one, but, but he, 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 he gave me some bids on some lighting up here so we can replace that with some real lighting and then probably put something there for, for this area and, and we can make it more excellent. Hello? So we can produce better. You can see better. Everything goes, we put the tint on the windows to make it more excellent. We put the blue lights to make it more excellent. See, everything we do is, is making things more excellent. Why? Because God's thing should be the most excellent. A lot of people have said, well, it's just a church. Doesn't really matter. No, the church should be the most excellent thing on earth. Why? Because we're the body of Christ. He owns it all. Hello? You find me people who say, ah, it's good enough. I say, you, you, you lukewarm. You lukewarmy. You better get on fire for God. Because on fire, Christians say, yo, let's make it a little better. Let's make it a little better for my father. Let's make it a little better for Jesus. Come on, let's make it a little better. You can make it a little better. Amen? You can do a little bit better. You got five minutes left before service. Make it a little better. Amen. Now, you're probably not going to reach perfection on anything, except Jesus did, but we, you know, but we, we get as excellent as we possibly can. But like I said last week, people go to the store in the pajamas now. They go to the restaurant in the pajamas. They go everywhere in the pajamas. It's like, come on, man, put on some clothes, comb your hair, brush your teeth. At least try. Be, be, be as excellent as you can be. <laughs> That's virtuous. Amen? Hello? Virtuous. Excellence in every area. That's what we're aiming for. Amen? And if we do add excellence and virtue to our life, come on, we're going to bear fruit. Thank you for those two yes. <laughs> I got to say it. Is my mic on? Sarah. <laughs> They make fun of me sometimes how many times I say something, especially, come on, come on, come on. Jesus says, sometimes you say that like three times in a row. 
on. <laughs> well, I want to bear fruit. Amen. Amen. And uh, we're learning how to do that right now. And we just reviewed virtue. Now we're going to look at this ingredient of knowledge. Did he say add, add uh, knowledge to your virtue? Yeah. That's exactly what he said. Now that word, gnosko, it, it, there, there's, the two, you know, there's different forms of that word. Uh, but it means intimate knowledge in the Greek. Intimate. Not just intellectual knowledge, as some might look at that and say, well, I got to add knowledge to my virtue. I just got to get more intellect. I got I to gotta go get a seminary degree. <laughs> well, maybe you're supposed to get a seminary degree. But what you need is intimate knowledge of God. Gnosko, intimate. What is intimate knowledge? That means we truly know God. We don't just have a theological degree. I told you before, I've been under professors of theology that I don't think knew God. Hello? <laughs> no, we need real knowledge of God. That means we truly know God. We know his word, not up here, not just, yeah, I can quote that. Yeah, I've heard that. Yep, 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 yep. No, it's gone down into here. What did Jesus say? If my words abide in you, live. Hello? You're there, you're gone home, eating your ham. <laughs> I had to say it. Say it. Come on now. Intimate knowledge of God means we are not ignorant of God's ways. We are not ignorant of God's word. That's why I can have a Christian come to me and tell me something and I'll give him 42 verses why they're wrong. Yeah. Happens all the time. I'm all, I mean all the time. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> what you just said is wrong. I know you believe it with all your heart. But you're absolutely wrong. And let me give you 42 verses to tell you why you're wrong. Why? Because I want them to bear fruit. And if they're standing on igno ignorance of God's word, they are not going to bear fruit. They don't have intimate knowledge of God. They have traditional religion. That's why around here we push over the cows all the time. And you hear the cows go, because most Christians, I will say most, because I run them all the time. Most Christians live by tradition rather than by the word. Most Christians can't quote three verses to you. I see it all the time. I'm like, you've been a Christian how long? I went, I've been going to church for 65 years. And you don't know anything about the word of God except that? That's a problem. You have not added intimate knowledge of God to your life. Hello? Now, we definitely are all ignorant in some things, right? Any, anybody claim they're not ignorant? I am very ignorant of how cars work. Very ignorant of cars. I say... Yep, it's got an engine, it's got some oil in there, it's got some, uh, some radiator fluid, some antifreeze, and it's good to go. Check the oil, 
Put some gas in, I'm good. And then someone who knows about cars says, well, they get all this technical language going. You're like, you go to the mechanic and he say, well, this is what's wrong with your car. And they give you a five minute spiel and you understood nothing that he said. I'm like, can you fix it? Oh yeah, we can fix it, $1,500, you have it all fixed. Great, thanks for that. Two weeks later. <laughs> Come on now. I'm very ignorant of calculus. Extremely ignorant of calculus. If you put a calculus book before me and you said, you said, here, do this problem, I'd say, I have no idea what that is. Now, could I study it and learn? Yeah, could I study about cars and learn? Could I get all knowledge of them? Intimate knowledge of cars? Yeah, a lot of, big, a lot, a lot of guys do, right? Intimate knowledge of cars. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you, ooh, they will tell you stuff that you've never even thought of. They'll start listing the classic cars and they'll talk about the 19, I'm just gonna throw out, I, this is probably right, but guys, you know, the, the 1967 Ford Mustang. Is that, is that one? <laughs> That's my favorite car. And they'll tell you why. And you're like, wow, never thought about that. Right? Because they have intimate knowledge of cars. And you could probably list any car that's ever been made and they'll say, oh yeah, I'll tell you about that. You will? Wow, you know a lot about cars, right? <laughs> See, intimate knowledge of cars, intimate knowledge of calculus. Well, yeah, some people have it, right? And they've studied it. And they've been intimate with it. And those, those words are abiding in them. Come on now. See, we've got to realize where we are ignorant or it could really hurt us. Right, think about this. If I don't realize, and this has happened to me, if I don't realize that I'm very ignorant of cars, I can really ruin a car. And I did it, almost ruined it. Back when I was a 16 year old, I said, and there was a, this was not YouTube time, right? This, this wasn't even existed. I couldn't go on YouTube and see how to do this. I tried to read it out of a, a manual or something. I said, well, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna tune up my own car. I'd never done anything on cars ever. And I'm gonna tune up my car. Ooh, that was a mistake. So I'm get, I got spark plugs and I got the wires and I got, uh, what's that called? What's it called? Where they go in? There's that thing called, the, where those spark plugs go in? Distributor cap, good, thank you. And so I got all that going and I, I got it all and I, I started, I was doing you know, all this stuff and I, I get it in there and I'm like, I get it all done, I'm like, I did it. Well, then I started the car. Oh, I was like, uh oh. Well, it was running though. And so I said, mom, I tried to, Tried to tune up my car, it doesn't work. Now it's uh, it not good. And we had a mechanic that wasn't too far away that we knew personally. It, it worked out of his house, you know, one of those type of mechanics. And so I said, I, I hope we can make it there. So she followed me in my Plymouth Horizon that I almost destroyed. And, and we got there and he fixed it. He had intimate knowledge of cars. I did not. And who knows what could have happened if, I, if it had just boom, blown, it, blown, blown it out. I don't know. But see, I was very ignorant of cards. I didn't realize how ignorant I was. 
Hello? If you're ignorant of math, I'm pretty ignorant of math. Well, if I think I know a lot about math, I could build a very bad building. A very dangerous building, right? You've seen, you've seen some of the buildings in foreign countries when there's an earthquake and it just goes, bloop. I'm like, someone did not know what they were doing. Because I know a good, you know, a good earthquake, it, it would shake, you know, it would shake this, but it would not just go bloop. Unless it was like, you know, a nine or a 9.0 or something like that. Everybody's government going to shake down then. But I, I'm saying, if you're, if you're ignorant of math, then don't build a building. Because you're going to get hurt or someone's going to get hurt. Hello? <laughs> we might think we know a lot about God, but, but do we truly have intimate knowledge of God? Hello? Again, I can say I understand how computers work. And I understand more about computers than cars, definitely. But I still am very ignorant of computers. That's why people go into degrees and, go and research and study computer science for years, and they become experts in it. I'm still pretty ignorant of computers. Come on now. I know very little. But the, the type of knowledge we need of God is true, deep, intimate knowledge. Hello? There are many things we need to know about God. And what we don't know can hurt us really, really bad. Hello? When we don't know what God said, guess what? We can easily die early. Happens all the time. We don't know what he said. We're ignorant of what God said. Dead. Hello? This is, one, this is really big right here. When we don't know, when we don't have intimate knowledge of God, we could end up living our entire life outside of God's will for us. Our whole entire life. Come on now. Our whole entire life has been wasted. And we stand before Jesus Christ and we look at Jesus Christ and he judges us and he says, you did nothing I wanted you to do. Nothing at all. Because you didn't get to know God. Hello? You didn't have intimate knowledge of your father. Hello? You see, God is good. We, we read that. He started with that. And God has provided. And he will teach us. He will teach us if we have a humble heart. He will teach us. He will guide us. He will lead us. If, if we'll remain soft and humble before him. Hello? I'm talking about ignorance, right? I'm talking about having actual, deep, intimate knowledge of God. That's where God wants to get each one of us. And God wants us to be like the little children that he made us to be, right? We are little children. And if we come to him as little children, we can learn. If we come to him as, hey, God, I already know everything, but go ahead. You can't learn nothing. Hello? It's like sitting in, in a class where you go to the, you know, the professor and you're like, oh, I already know all this. Well, you ain't gonna learn nothing. People do it at church. They come to church. I already know everything. Well, you ain't gonna get nothing. 
You know? No, if we, if we are soft-hearted, humble, little children before God, we will, come on, we will get taught by him. Thank you for that one, amen. <laughs> to, to receive more knowledge of God, didn't he say add knowledge? Add intimate knowledge of God to your virtue. To do that, you're going to have to be teachable. Amen? It has amazed me over the years how many people think they know everything already. It's astounded me. I mean, literally astounded me. They'll come here one time and write me a nasty email. I'm like, I'm so glad you know everything. They don't know me. They know nothing about me. But they got something they didn't like, so they got to write me a nasty email because they know everything. We've had people refuse the book, right? Here, car wash, we hand them a book here. Don or Sarah or Judah, or, they hand them a book here. Pastor wrote this book. They'll say, oh, I don't need that. Oh, oh, I'm glad you know everything. Hello? Why'd you come to church then? Hello? You see, to actually grow in the knowledge of God, we got to be soft-hearted. And we got to be teachable. That's a big, big, big key. If you want to grow in deep, intimate knowledge of God, you got to remain soft-hearted. You got to remain teachable. Now, false doctrine is going to come in. There's going to be stuff that you already know, that you do know, right? Amen. You know it. And when false doctrine comes, you can defend your views by the word of God because you have deep, intimate knowledge of it. I mean, I, I see preachers, big preachers say things. I'm like, that's completely wrong. Hello? Why? Well, a lot of times I think we don't take the whole of scripture. Hello? You got to add this all up. And if you take one verse and it doesn't line up with 62 verses, you better not just use that one verse. Because the, the Bible always lines up with itself. If done correctly. What was that? I was trying to think of that verse. Um, Study the show thyself approved. Workman that needs not to be shamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing. That's big. That's big. That's a big stuff right there. Rightly dividing. You can divide this wrong, you can divide it right. There are many, ooh, man, ooh, there are many false doctrines taught all the time. I mean, all the time. Right now, as we're speaking, there is false doctrine being taught right now that does not, is not rightly divided. Hello? And therefore, there is not deep, intimate knowledge of God. There is not deep, if it's not rightly divided, there is not deep intimate knowledge of God's word and who he is and what he, what he has done for us. As Peter told us, what he's done for us. Come on. Deep intimate knowledge of God. I told you a story. I was listening. I just turned on a YouTube preacher and I thought, I'm going to listen to this. It sounds like a good title. You know, I'm going to listen to listen. And I was listening and I fast forward a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. It was about faith. I'm like, you know, you know me and faith. I like faith. 
And I told you before, I think, but I, I, he was talking about how he was believing for his friend to be healed of cancer. And he was talking about how, how much, how, how excited they were that he's going to be healed. And I'm like, wow, this guy is, this guy is full of faith. I like this. He's full of faith. Look at this. And then he said, but if not, we've made funeral arrangements and everything's prepared. I'm like, what just happened? I was listening to you. I thought you were full of faith. And I just found out that meant nothing. Everything you just said meant nothing at all. Well, what happened? He doesn't, he didn't, or maybe, you know, hopefully he does now, right? He didn't have deep, intimate knowledge of God's word. Yet he's preaching to thousands of people. That's scary. That's scary stuff. <laughs> I just had a guy, I got a guy following me on TikTok now. I sent him my books. He wanted my books. He has, he has a lot of followers on TikToks, but he... He said, uh, he's been listening to all my clips and online, and he said, you are the most truthful preacher I think I've ever heard. He said, why don't you have more following? I said, because I tell the truth. We could have a nice little message in here. We'd have a lot more people. But if you bring out the hammer of the word of God, which God's word says it is a hammer. Most people are like, ooh, that's, that's too much for me. I'll go down there, I have a nice little message, and I'll, I'll, I'll go home and eat my lunch in one hour. Hello? So, I want to rightly divide this. I want to find the truth and preach it with excellence. See, what are we doing? I'm doing exactly what we just talked about. We're adding excellence. We're adding deep, intimate knowledge. Come on. Why? so we can bear fruit that remains. Ooh, that was good right there because Jesus said that in those verses. Remember? He said, so you bear fruit that remains. I've said it for years. Many people who sit in churches are not saved. That means their fruit does not remain. <laughs> Come on now. If the preacher never preaches that you need to be saved and born again and become a new Christian in Christ and call Jesus Lord and actually be changed on the inside because Jesus said you got to be born from above or born, in, born again, same, same, translate different ways. You're born from above means, you're born again means your spirit now comes alive unto God. If that's never taught, which it isn't in a lot of churches, never taught, ever, never, not even mentioned. There will be no fruit out of that ministry. None. Zero. And that preacher will stand before Jesus himself and he'll say, why didn't you get to know me? Why didn't you get to know my word? Why didn't you preach the truth? That's a scary, scary place to be. A preacher who, who even knew what to preach and didn't do it. Why? Because he's afraid of the people. That's dangerous. And that's probably the worst place to be in when you stand in the judgment seat of Christ. It's like the guy we heard in the video. He said, I'm a preacher and God's telling me I can't get into heaven. 
He was a preacher. He said, you're, you're Laodicean. God told him, you, you, you're a Laodicean, lukewarm. Why, why do you think I should, why would you think I would allow you in here? He didn't have deep, intimate knowledge of God. Hello? You see, I want to bear fruit. And I want to bear fruit that remains. And if we don't, don't get the real, deep, intimate knowledge of who our God is, we won't bear fruit that remains. Hello? <laughs> see, I believe this church... We all gonna make it. If you stick around here, <laughs> and you 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 stick around here, you you want you want some you want some you want some you want some word, right? And you want to bear fruit, and you wanna you wanna do God's will, and you wanna finish your course for God. Come on, you wanna live for your Father. Come on, we gonna make it. And I want everyone everyone under this ministry to make it. And have fruit that lasts, right? We have fruit that lasts. We all see Jesus and he, all, he says to every one of us, as we're going to have to sign up there real soon, he says to every one of us, well done. Every one of us. Amen? Amen. I said every one. And that's why, I don't, I, that's why I don't cut it short. And that's why I don't play games with it. Come on now. Because I want everyone here and online, I know you're online right now, to hear well done. Come on. Woo. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's what I want. That's what Jesus wants. I know that. Come on. Man, that would be, that, 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 ooh, man, that's good stuff. Everyone here is well done. That should be our goal. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. But to bear fruit, we, 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 we have to have deep, intimate knowledge of God. And that includes knowing his word. That includes talking to him. That includes talking to Jesus. That includes, whoo, you know God. And as Jesus said, what did he say? He said, he said I'm going to turn to them a judgment and say, I never knew you. That's, that's it right there. Deep, intimate knowledge of God. We need to actually know him. Hmm. And everybody said, praise the Lord. <laughs> now, we're going to tackle one more ingredient today. I don't want to cut you short. We, we had a couple guests from Eugene here on Wednesday at youth group. Uh, they, they're at the youth camp all the time. Uh, they're leaders there. And I got done preaching. I went like an hour and I don't know what it was, hour and 10 minutes, something like that. And, uh, and I, we got back there. We eaten some snacks. And I said, hey, I know I went along, but I did want to cut you short. It came from Eugene. They said, ah, oh, that was great. Because they didn't want it short either. They came to hear the word. They came to hear the word. They didn't want a nice little message. They came to hear the word. <laughs> says Don always says, he says, I don't travel from Vancouver for a nice little message. I don't drive for two hours for a nice little message. I want to hear the word. And if it goes two hours, that's fine. Amen. So let's tackle this next ingredient. We add to knowledge, uh oh, watch out, watch out, self control. Oh, this one's gonna one hurt a little bit. Get ready to be pruned. <laughs> 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 
This word self-control is, it means one who masters his desires and passions. We're going to get in this big time. The word means to be strong in controlling ourselves. How, how do we do this? How do we walk in self-control? Control? Well, I, I'm glad you asked a good question. Because the Bible answers it. And we're going to get into it heavy right now. Romans 8. You knew I had to go Romans 8, right? Christian, online, Romans 8. He, know, he knows I'm going to Romans 8. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. That's big, isn't it? For to be carnally minded is death. You could say fleshly minded. Mind on the flesh. Carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We talked about the youth group on Wednesday because we talked about peace, the peace of God. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. And that's something. So we need to be spiritually minded if we're going to walk in self-control. We got to think on spiritual things, right? We got to think on God's word. What did Paul said all the time? Keep your eyes on eternal things, not on the temporary. See, spiritually minded is constantly checking in with God, constantly checking in with the word, constantly checking in with the spirit to see if we're lining up with him. Hello? Oh, there's Christian. He just texted. Romans 8. Good word, PV. Carnal, fleshly thinking leads to death. Did we just read it? Stinking thinking. See, the carnal mind does not want to serve God. The carnal mind is an enemy of God. Enemy. Yes. <laughs> Let's jump down to verse 12. We're going to get a lot more in here about uh, walking in the spirit. That's what the title, Walk in the Spirit. Verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. You don't owe your flesh. Your flesh is going to tell you you owe it, but you don't. <laughs> For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Of course, we read that all the time around here. Sir, that's another great scripture for this wall. Romans 8, 14. Woo, glory. The flesh has desires. Anybody noticed? <laughs> if you haven't, you're not alive. <laughs> but the flesh will pull us to do wrong. The flesh is not born again. Our spirit's born again. The flesh is not born again. <laughs> when we get saved, our flesh is still flesh. 
That's why Paul talked about putting the old man away, right? Putting on the new man. Put the old man in the coffin and leave him there. Come on. Our flesh is always trying to pull us to do wrong. It's not born again. And we can't trust our flesh at all. Oh boy, watch out, watch out. If you still trust your flesh, you need to get your mind renewed. You haven't renewed yet, right? Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove was the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You see, we got to get our mind renewed and realize the flesh is not going to lead us to God. And the flesh does not want to do God things. <laughs> That's why, you know, you can go into many, many examples, right? Church. Well, my flesh just doesn't feel like it today. Now, I know today's icy. But a lot of days, people are just like, well, you know, Oh, man, the game's on and it's so warm and nice and cozy in here. The flesh, right? <laughs> if you still trust your flesh, get your mind renewed. People think they can handle situations they cannot handle. That's the flesh, right? They look at things they know they should not look at. They go places they know they shouldn't go. That's the flesh. Come on. They trust their flesh. Well, people fall into sin all the time because they trust this. Don't trust this. Trust your spirit. That's why you got born again. To hear from heaven. To hear from your father. To hear from Jesus. And he talks to your spirit. He doesn't talk to your flesh. Oh boy. If we live by the flesh, we're going to die. Hello? And I don't just mean die physically. Hello? That can take you right into the pit of hell. And people say, no, once you're saved, you're always saved. No, Paul made it very clear that's not the case. When he turned the man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit might be saved in the day of salvation. Did you hear me? Paul turned a man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit would be saved on the day of salvation. When Jesus appears in the clouds, he's still saved. You can't lose your salvation, but you can walk away from it. Hebrews makes it clear. We could go into many scriptures. It's very clear. You have to want to keep serving the Lord. And if at any point you want to turn your back on him, you're welcome to do it. The worst decision you could ever make. But Hebrews says if you walk away, there is no return. Because you can't sacrifice the Son of God again. I'm not talking you mess up, you get, you get condemned a little, you know, because you were in sin or something like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about walking away. People get so confused about this. It's not confusing at all. It's really basic, right? The, the, woman, the woman who was serving in the church loved God, praised God, worshiped God, danced, shan ran and shouted. And the minister that, that I knew, you know, he's, he's on heaven now. But he said he, he, she wasn't in church for a couple of weeks, so she, he went to her house. This is back in you know early 1900s. And knocked on her door, and she opened the door and said, I want nothing to do with your God, nothing to do with Jesus, and slammed the door in his face. She had gotten involved with a 
man and her flesh became the ruler. And God was no longer Lord. Hello? Yeah, sin, the flesh, can lead us right into hell. And this is a big point to get. Even the most spiritual person on earth is tempted to do wrong. You look at you look at you look at the big name person, right? You know, I follow I follow some I still follow some big name preachers who I, I love and trust and 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 support and 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 think they're the the real deal, right? I mean the men of God that I I've had hands laid on me by men of God where the power hit me when I mean it was, I've been ew, come on. But even they're tempted to do wrong. Come on now. They're going to tempt to do wrong. We're all tempted to do wrong. Our flesh. Jesus was tempted to do wrong. Do we think we're better than Jesus? It said he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. He was tempted to do wrong. <laughs> turn this bread or turn this stone into bread. Right? The devil came, right? Jump off of the cliff, Jesus, and the angels of God will bear you up. What did he do? He came back with the word, deep, intimate knowledge of the word. Because the devil quoted the word. Angels of God will bear you up in their hands as you dash your foot against stone. He quoted the word. Jesus came back with deep, intimate knowledge of the word. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, but he was tempted to do wrong. He was tempted. Because he was a man. He had, I told you before, Adam, I, boy, okay. Adam could have never sinned. He had free will. He had no sin in him. Jesus is the last Adam. That's why he's called last Adam. He had no sin in him. But he could have sinned, just like Adam. That's why it's called last Adam. He didn't sin. Adam did. If Adam never sins, we don't have to go through all this chaos and mess that we're in. We're still in the Garden of Eden. We're still in the best place possible ever. But that's coming soon. Amen? That's coming soon. New heavens, new earth. It's going to be as God wanted it to be with people that love him and know him. Come on. And never, ever want to turn back to the flesh and sin. That's why I say all the time, there'll be no one there who's not completely allegiant to him. Because he's not gonna have, he's not gonna have sin again. <laughs> he's not gonna have sin happening again. New heavens, new earth? There will be no one who even has any, well, of course, Satan's gonna be thrown like a fire forever, right? There will be the tempter to come. But we will not have any temptation at all anymore. Hello? We get to worship God forever, freely. And we, we know where we came from. And we've seen it all. And we've heard it all. And we never want to go back there. And I don't think it's possible. But if anybody mentions the sinful earth, we'll be like, we don't think about that. 
We don't meditate on that at all here. Amen. What do you meditate on? Him and his word and his truth forever. Oh man, I'm preaching today. Watch out. This is supposed to be a short little message. And everybody online laughed. <laughs> Come on. The devil knows how to tempt our flesh. Have you noticed? We see that when he came to Jesus. He knew, he knew how to tempt Jesus. He knew. He was going to use all his tricks to trick Jesus. Hello? The devil's a trickster, right? He was using the same tricks he had used on every human, and every human had sinned. And then he met one who didn't. I'm sure the devil's like, uh-oh, we got a problem. Because this man hasn't sinned yet, and we need him to sin. Hello? The devil knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Come on. He knows exactly what he's doing. As I said before, the devil is a master at tricking human beings. He is a master at it. He is an expert at it. If you think you can outsmart him, please renew your mind. You will not outsmart the devil. What do you need? Deep, intimate knowledge of your father. Self-control. We're talking about right now. Amen. Come on. We must not forget that our minds aren't born again either. We just talk about our flesh, right? We're talking about our flesh, but don't forget about the mind. The mind has to be renewed with the word of God. The mind is not born again. The flesh is not born again. Come on. With that knowledge, what we talked about earlier, the knowledge of the word of God. We got to get rid of the stinking thinking and get right thinking. We got to get the right knowledge of God. We got we to gotta let God rule our thinking. God's word rule our thinking. That's the knowledge ingredient. That's where we get our mind renewed with the knowledge, intimate knowledge of God. Come on. But to live with self-control, as we're, we're hitting on right now, we got to be ruled by the Spirit. Does he not say that right there? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. He said it right after saying, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit. Hello, this is deep, I know, but this is big. You got to be ruled by the Spirit. I got to be ruled by the Spirit to live with self-control. Christians can choose the Spirit over the flesh. Christians. I didn't say the world can, I said Christians can. Why does the world keep on sinning? They can't control their flesh. Come on. They're going to do the same thing again. <laughs> and commit the same sin again. Christians are free not to sin. I said Christians are free not to sin. By the power of God in us, we can choose the spirit over the flesh. Christians can choose to be led by the spirit. We just read it. What does that mean? That means we are listening to him. In all ways possible. Amen. 
We're, we're, we're intimate here. We're intimate there. We're talking to God. We're fellowshipping to God. We're being led by Him. Not the flesh, but the Spirit. Thank you for those no amens. All right, Galatians 5, we're going to look at this spirit fruit and we're going to see about the spirit versus the flesh and what it produces. You know where I'm going. Galatians 5, 13, for you brethren have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if it bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. <laughs> That's intense, isn't it? But our liberty is not to serve the flesh, right? What do you say? Our liberty is to serve one another with love. Come on up. That means we, we know one another. It's like we were talking about the other day at the house. Some of the youth were over, and, and we had that video once we sent out uh, the internet preacher. It was like the fake tree. She went, she was, she was, the, she was, had a fake tree, and she, it looked good, and then she felt the tree. Oh, that's fake. You don't know that person on the internet. You don't know. He's been divorced three times, and his kids are in jail. <laughs> I'm just throwing that something. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you got to know one another. Serve one another. Come on. That's why I say all the time, be in church with the body. Unless the roads are all iced up. <laughs> how, do you, how do you serve one another if you don't know one another? Right? This week, we were calling people, texting people in the church. Are you okay? We're serving one another. We're loving one another. Do you need anything? Right? We had several texts back. Well, I might. Text it again later. No, I'm, I'm good. What are we doing? We're serving one another. We're loving one another because we know each other. <laughs> you ain't going to call up the internet preacher and get him to bring food to your door. <laughs> Come on now. You see, to serve one another, we got to be around one another. Why do I have all your phone numbers? Because you're around me. Hello? Hello? We're serving. <laughs> I get the nod. We serve one another. Amen? Hallelujah. We should do more of it. Amen? You know, a lot of times these ice storms get us thinking about it more again. Who have you texted? Who have you asked about? In the church. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. Have you checked on some older people? Amen? Well, we need to do that more in different ways, right? Amen? Come on now. We have liberty to serve and love one another. 
How can you, how can you serve your brother and sister? Amen? It's not for the flesh. Your liberty is not for the flesh. It's to serve one another. Well, people don't like to hear that, but that's what he said. Serve? I don't want to be, I don't want to be a servant. Well, the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna go up in the you wanna go up in the things of God, guess what you gotta do? Serve. <laughs> People got it all backwards, right? Oh, I got I wanna, I wanna be a big preacher. I wanna, woo! I wanna have a big church. I'm going off to Bible school and I'm getting my degrees and I'm gonna have a big church and preach the word. Get a servant. That's fine. That's fine. Get the Bible school, get your degree. I did. What did, the, what did the Lord say to do as soon as I got done with school? Go serve. But I'm Mr. Faith Man now. I'm supposed to go out and preach the word. I'm Mr. Faith Man. Go serve your church back in Vancouver. Oh, man, that sounds very exciting. Get back. What do, you, what do you want me to do, Pastor? Well, our junior high doesn't have anybody to lead them. You got something else, right? You got somewhere else to serve, right? Well, yeah, you can vacuum the carpets. You can clean the windows. You can fix the roof. You can get the squirrels out of my attic. That's a long story. Oh, man. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you for that. Come on. If you really want to serve the Lord, it's going to be some work. It's going to be flesh. Shut up. I'm going to serve the Lord. Come on now. I'm going to do his work. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to love as I'm supposed to love. And so a lot of times your flesh has to shut up. Anybody notice? I don't want to do that. God says, I need to do this. I don't want to do it. That's flesh. At that point, you got to say, flesh, shut up. And do it. Come on now. <laughs> we all have to deal with this, don't we? Hello? You don't think I have to deal with it? Of course I do. I'm flesh. I mean, I started a sermon, right? I'm like, oh, I do not want to start another sermon. I've been preaching three sermons a week now for a while, right? Whew. Flesh, shut up. We're going we're gonna to prepare another message for the people. We're going to prepare another meal. Cooking's work, right? Casey, work, cooking. I'm cooking meals. It's work. The flesh doesn't like work. The flesh wants to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. Watch some Netflix. Watch some Seahawks. The flesh doesn't want to do much except flesh out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Flesh out, right? A lot of people like to flesh out, right? Well, I'm just going home. I'm letting my hair down. I'm, I'm going to flesh out for a while. They even say it, right? Well, that's exactly what they're doing. They're fleshing out. The flesh is now going to rule. That's not good. When the flesh rules, we headed to trouble. Oh, my, 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 my. Let's go on, verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, that's titled it, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now we're talking about self-control. Self-control over the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. I really want to, I really want to live for God. I really want to do his will. I really, 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 but how come you don't do it? The flesh is ruling. You don't do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, did we just read that in Romans 8? If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Oh, that is power right there, isn't it? That is power packed. I mean, that is power packed. That's how the Christian is supposed to be. Amen. Thank you. I got a few amens. The Christian is supposed to be led by the spirit, not the law. This is where, I mean, you can talk about so many subjects on this, right? This is, this is huge. This is absolutely huge. And that is the way of a Christian. You know, like, like in our giving, people say, well, I don't have to tithe anymore. That's under the law. Well, first of all, Abraham tithed. He wasn't under the law. But second of all, if you're led by the Spirit, I guarantee you God will talk to you about tithing and more. It's not the law. It's the Spirit. The flesh wants everything for itself. The spirit will say, do this. Well, we talked about an excellence. We talked about an excellence. Excellent in your giving. Cain killed Abel because Abel gave a good, excellent, virtuous offering. And Cain didn't like it because he brought the spotted, he brought the junk. He brought the leftovers. Abel brought the best. And we're still talking about Abel because he brought the best. But that's led by the spirit. Abel certainly was not under law. This is the beginning of time. This is the beginning. And he was led by the Spirit to give the best offering. Wow, I've never said that before. That's good. He was led by the Spirit to give the best offering. Whoo, wow. Hallelujah. See, Christians are to be led by the Spirit. So everything we talk about in, in doing, it's all going to come out of the Spirit. You see, that's the difference between works Christianity and spirit-led Christianity. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Over here, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Works. I have to do this. I have to do this to be right. I have to do this. I have to. Spirit-led. I get to do this. I can't wait to do this. Woo, I'm preaching. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I'm telling you, there's a lot there. You see, the flesh and the spirit are never going to agree. That's big right there. I said the flesh and the spirit are never going to agree. You might think they're going to agree at some point. They are not going to agree. Get your mind renewed. They will never agree. The flesh is enemy against God. The flesh is filled with corruption and sin. And it wants its way. And it does not care what God wants. I told you, it's going to be heavy. See, we got to get our minds renewed with the truth. This is deep, intimate knowledge of God right here. We are talking about deep, intimate knowledge of God. And we should not ever disagree with God's word. He told us right here, they do not agree. They are contrary to one another. But if you're led by the Spirit, you'll get the will of God done. And not only that, it'll be enjoyable. You'll sit down to write that sermon, the flesh will say, no! I want to go eat some Cheetos and sit on the couch, watch TV. But you do it and obey the Spirit and get into the, get into the Word of God and pretty soon you're so blessed you're about to fly out of the room. Why? Because you followed the Spirit and you put the flesh down. You agreed with the Spirit and not the flesh. Hallelujah. Glory. And you'll be happy. You may not think you'll be happy, but you will be because you obeyed the Spirit. Oh, my. Wow. There is some stuff in here. I, I tell you, I didn't know how deep this was. Hallelujah. That's why I say it's a key to happiness. People have missed. Not works, but spirit. That I might bear more fruit for you, Father. That I might follow your spirit and do what you've called me to do. Come on, and finish my course. Finish my race and bear fruit that remains. That will bring us true happiness. Think about the end of your life. Think about sitting there knowing you're about to go, right? Whatever, you know, I, I like my, my mentor, one of my main mentors in faith. He said, I check out when I want to, and he did. And you're thinking about checking out. What are you going to think on? You better be thinking on, did I fulfill what God wanted me to do? Did I follow the spirit? Or did I follow my flesh? I'll tell you what, if you followed the spirit, your life, not, not that we're all going to mess up, right? But if you, you went after the spirit, you went after God's things, you went after everything he wanted you to do with all of your heart, come on, all of your heart, amen? Otherwise it's works. You went after God's things with all of your heart, you're going to be happy. And you're going to be satisfied. And you're going to say, as my, my mental faith just checked out. Come on. Because he was happy and satisfied and had followed the spirit, not the law, not the works, but he did amazing things for God, did incredible things for God because he followed the spirit. 
Come on now. And he walked in the spirit. We can do it. We can all do it. I said we can all walk in the spirit. That's what today's title. Come on. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. I can walk in the spirit. I can follow the spirit. I can do the will of my father. I can please my God, not by works, but by following spirit. The Holy Spirit talking to my spirit. And so I do what God wants me to do. And he is pleased and I am happy. Ooh, man. Hallelujah. This is supposed to be a short little message, I said. <laughs> you see, the flesh is never satisfied. I'll say that again. The flesh is never satisfied. Hello? Why is pornography such a big, big, huge issue in our day and age? Because the flesh is never satisfied. People get addicted to anything, right? Anything. That's one area that's killed many people, destroyed lives. What does it need? Self-control. Self-control, a fruit of the Spirit. We're getting there. <laughs> Without self-control, we could all end up drug addicts. You don't think so? Then you don't know. You have no clue what we're talking about. You have no clue the power of your flesh. Without self-control, we could all be drunkards in a year and out on the street. Any one of us. Without self-control. Come on. Without self-control, we could all still end up in hell. That's what we just talked about, right? You can walk away. I can walk away if I want. And the flesh is going to lead us away from God. And the flesh can and will ruin everything. Have you noticed? This is the flesh, right? You see, you, see a, you see a couple get married and then they, everything looks good. And a few years later, you're like, what is going on there? And there's destruction and there's arguments and there's fighting and there's violence. What's happened? Flesh. That's what's happened. Flesh. Bunch of flesh. No spirit. It can ruin everything. Absolutely everything. Hello? Remember, Paul said, I'll keep my body under. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I don't have it up there, but I just wrote it down. Keep my body under. I bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Did you hear that? That's the Apostle Paul. If he had to keep his body in check, guess what? I think we do. Jesus had to keep his body in check. Hello? See, we got to understand how serious the subject is. The flesh. I don't think we give it much time. I don't think we think about it very much. But the flesh is very powerful. Certainly not as powerful as the spirit. We know that. Amen. But it is very powerful if we allow it to rule. Allow it to rule. Verse 19, 519, Galatians 519. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, here we go, flesh everywhere, right? I said fleshing out, adultery, fornication, right? We got, we got broke, married, married people committing sexual sin. We got unmarried people committing sexual sin, uncleanness, lewdness, 
idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. <laughs> of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Everybody's making heaven. Everybody's getting in. Hello? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is this serious? This is very serious. Now we can't cover all these, but think about adultery. Adultery happens when we are not walking in the spirit. Come on. Uh, the flesh ruled. Right, come on now. It happens all the time. The guy's at work. He, he befriends a woman in the office. And they get a little too friendly. Why? Flesh. Not spirit. What does the spirit-led person do? The woman comes over. Hey, that's a really nice outfit. You're looking really good today. You say, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. I I'm married. And drop it. How, how does adultery happen? Oh, well, thanks. Oh, you're looking pretty sharp today, too. You're looking really good. Oh, yeah, you're looking good, too. And all of a sudden, flesh. Six months later, divorce of the original marriage, right? How'd that happen? Flesh, not spirit. Don't blame it on God. That was all flesh. <laughs> Outbursts of wrath happen when we're not walking in the spirit, right? We obey the flesh. The flesh says, oh, just shout right now. Scream at that person. Get, get really mad at them and, and just... Just chew them out and cuss them out as best you can. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Flesh. My, my pastor tells a great story right there. I told you before, but I'll give you the short version. His, his neighbor down below the apartment at Bible school was beating on his girlfriend, and he called the cops, and, and long story short, the cops came and broke it up, and the man wasn't taken to jail. He came to my pastor's door, knocked on the door, and my pastor, and he, was, he opened the door, and the man was all red-faced. He was drunk. He had been beating the girl downstairs, and he said, I'm going to kill you! And my pastor said, I love you. And he melted, and he came and shared Jesus with him for four hours. Come on up. Spirit, Amen. Drunkenness happens when we're not walking in the spirit. The flesh says, take a drink. Take another drink. Take one more drink. <laughs> and pretty soon, drunk. Definitely flesh, not spirit. We could go through all those, but <laughs> that would take us a couple more hours. 
But why does all these flesh things happen? Not walking in the spirit. If we don't walk in the spirit, flesh happens. Bad fruit manifests. That's all bad fruit, right? That's bad fruit. That's not God fruit. We want the good fruit. Amen. And what's the good fruit? Oh, look at 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Did you hear Did you hear it? Self-control. <laughs> Against such there is no law. Did we just read that? Follow the spirit. It's not about law. It's following the spirit. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Do we hear this over and over again? Yes. We just heard it over and over again. Walk in the spirit. Why is it emphasized over and over? Uh, so we don't have flesh fruit. Come on. When we yield to the spirit instead of the flesh, we're going to manifest this fruit. Anyone want to bear, anyone want to bear that fruit? How's it going to happen? You got to crucify the flesh. You tell the flesh to shut up. Sit down, flesh. Take a seat. I'm ruled by the spirit of the living God. And I'm going to follow the spirit. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to obey the spirit flesh. Hello. We're going to bear the fruit of love when we yield to the spirit. What's that? What's the opposite of love? Uh, selfishness, bitterness, hatred. What happens to those? Chop, chop. Pruned. Pruned. When we yield to the Spirit. We're going we're gonna to have the fruit of joy when we yield to the Spirit. What's going to be gone? Uh, depression? Chop, chop. Sorrow? Chop, chop. Come on up. Because we're yielding to the Spirit. We're going to have joy. People get wrapped up in depression for years. You're like, you need to learn how to yield to the spirit, not the flesh. Christians should be full of joy. Come on up. We're going to bear the fruit of peace. Did we talk about the youth group? Yes. Fruit of peace when we yield to the spirit. What does that mean? Worry. Chop, chop. Fear. Chop, chop. Because we're yielding to the spirit. Oh, I'm not even worried about that. Someone says, aren't you worried about that? Oh, no, I'm not. Aren't you fearful of that? No, not at all, really. Why? Spirit. Fruit of peace. Walking in peace, even in the chaos. Jesus did it. We talked about Wednesday. Jesus was in the storm, sleeping. Have some peace. Jesus, aren't you concerned we're going to die? Oh, not really concerned about it, but yeah. Peace, be still. Where's your faith, man? Where's your faith? <laughs> Hallelujah. Spirit. Jesus, of course, the prime example of being led by the Spirit. Come on now. 
will bear the fruit of long suffering when we yield to the Spirit. Guess what? Anger, chop chop. Temper, chop chop. Long suffering. Hello? You there? You gone home? Well, <laughs> heard someone. We'll bear the fruit of kindness when we yield to the Spirit, right? Meanness, chop chop. Animosity, chop chop. Let me chop chops. We'll bear the fruit of goodness when we yield to the Spirit. Dishonesty, chop chop. What well, doesn't you know? You know, I tell a little white lie now and then. That's not good. That's not goodness. I said before, you know, when your wife comes to you and tells you, asks you if you like the outfit and you don't, don't lie. Be kind, but don't lie. Well, actually, I've told her just recently again on Sunday morning, she said, how's this look? I said, no, I don't think so. She's like, oh. Because, you know, she throws a bunch of things together, tries to me. Eh. I'll say, and often I'll say, check with Paige, because Paige has that, Paige has that thing, you know. I'm like, I, I. But don't be dishonest, amen? Honey, do you like the new dish I prepared? Is it good? You're like choking it down. It isn't great. Probably don't make this again. <laughs> Come on now. Corruption is gone when we have the fruit of goodness. Come on now. Is this good? This is good. We will bear the fruit of faithfulness when we yield to the Spirit. Oh man, that's a, that's a big one. Faithfulness. Woo! What happens? Disloyalty. Chop, chop. Infidelity, chop, chop. <laughs> Get your knife out. Chop, chop. Come on. Bear the fruit of gentleness when we yield to the Spirit. Roughness. Man, I've met some rough dudes, right? You've met some rough dudes? You're like, wow, that, that's rough. Your sister. <laughs> I mean, rough dudes. You're like, that's a rough dude right there. Hmm. Inflexibility, roughness, we chop chop. Hello? And then, of course, we got self control here, don't we? Self control when we yield to the Spirit. That means uh, self indulgence, flesh, works of the flesh, chop chop. Chop chop. Come on. That's what God's calling us to, saints. And whatever we yield to is going to become stronger. Did you catch that? We can yield to the spirit or the flesh. If we keep yielding to this, guess who's getting stronger? You could take that into any easy example like drinking, right? Yield. Yield again. Yield again. Trouble. It's going to become stronger. The flesh says, Woohoohoo, they're feeding me good. <laughs> right? Woo! The flesh likes it. 
Every area, pornography, whatever it is, you keep feeding it, it just becomes stronger. It will. I remember in Bible school, I, I guess, you know, the, 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 the dean probably knew some stuff, right? The dean always knows stuff. And he addressed the whole school body in chapel. And he said, well, we have some problems and there's some things going on that shouldn't be going on in a Bible school. And he made it very simple. He said, and I still remember because it was, it was just like that. It was so basic. It was so easy. He said, those things that are you're doing, which you know you shouldn't be doing, starve it. Don't feed it anymore. And guess what? It'll die. That's simple, isn't it? As simple as you can get. Pornography, drinking, whatever it is. You keep feeding on it, it keeps getting stronger because you're feeding it. You starve it to death. And you realize, not very long down the road, you realize, I'm free. Why? Because you starved it. It's dead. It's actually dead. That's an answer for somebody. Come on now. Starve it to death. You keep feeding it, it's just going to grow, just like a kid. Just like you keep feeding the kid, they're going to grow. I hope they grow. It's good. But whatever you feed is going to grow. That's really good. Come on. We can, can shut down the works of the flesh. As soon as we recognize them, right? You, you got the list right there of the works of the flesh in Galatians 5. As soon as we recognize the works of the flesh, we shut them down. Why? The Spirit of God shows us, right? The Word of God showed us what is flesh. We recognize flesh, we shut it off. And we choose, we choose to walk in self-control. That's where a lot of people miss right there. It's up to us. Hello? God's not taking us over to do what's right. Hello? People still have the mentality. Well, when, when God takes me over, I'm going to do right. No! You choose the Spirit. You choose to, what are we talking about today? Walk in the Spirit. And what does Paul say? If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Will not. I said will not. If we choose to walk in the Spirit. See, you and I got to make the choice. Because we can always, again, we can always go back to flesh. No. You've heard many alcoholic stories, right? Many alcoholic stories. They got free and they went back. Why? The flesh kept calling them. And then... Oh, man, I've heard this a lot with cigarettes, right? I, I hadn't smoked in 10 years. I took one puff, and I started smoking again. I've heard that many times. One puff. And they went back, they went to buy the cigarettes again. I'm like, wow, that is, that is amazing. 
That's the power of the flesh, see? We said, we're talking about power of the flesh versus power of the spirit. The power of the flesh is strong. 10 years without a cigarette, I gotta go buy it back. Starve it to death. And when it calls your name, when it calls your name, what do you say? Go away. I'm not listening and I'm not answering that phone. Come on, y'all ignore phone calls. <laughs> we all do. I'm like, I get so many spam calls. I'm like, what is that now? What is this? What is this? What is that? Come on now. If your name pops up, I'll answer it, okay? I got your names in there. I'll answer that. Amen. John called me the other day, John White. He said, he called and I missed it because I was working. If I'm, if I'm working, I'm working, right? So I got to turn my phone over because I got to turn it over because I got work. <laughs> but I'll call you back. Amen? What am I talking about? I'm talking about answering the flesh. The flesh calls. Hey, hey. Doesn't that, uh, doesn't that shot of uh, tequila sound really good? Nope, it does not. Click, nope. Did you get that? When the flesh comes a call in your name, you say, shut up. Hello? You see, we are not, we cannot use the excuse with God that we could not overcome the flesh. We read, we read Peter, we read the beginning of that. He said he's given us all things. Our excuse before Jesus cannot be, you didn't give me the power or the tools to accomplish what well, you want me to accomplish. He's going to say, I gave you everything. I gave you my spirit. I gave you the word of the living God to live in, to abide in, to have it in you, to walk in it, to, to talk to me, to talk to my, your father, to listen to the spirit and be led by the spirit. I gave you everything. There will be no excuses when we stand before Jesus. Because everything has been given. Now we just got to walk in it. Hello? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Add what these things we're talking about. Realize what's in your bank account. It's like, it's like you know, I've heard this story before. It's a good illustration. People, you know, you get an inheritance And, and, and someone leaves you an inheritance and it's in the bank account. It's sitting there. It's a million dollars in your name. It's yours. If you never write a check on that, you don't get any of it. You got to walk in it. You got to use what's been given to you. I sure wish I could afford a new car. You got a bank account with a million dollars in it. Hello? You hear me? God gave us everything to use. You've got the power. You've got the spirit. I've got the power. I've got the spirit. Come on. We got to use what God gave us to fulfill his will and to bear much fruit. Hallelujah. We have to choose the spirit 
And we have to, oh, this is big, this is big. Don't miss this one. There's so many points, he preaches forever. We have to choose to crucify the flesh. That's big right there. That's big. I don't think we got into that much, but that's big. We choose to crucify the flesh. Well, God's just going to do it for me. No, he's not. He said, crucify. They have crucified the flesh and the desires of, the, of, their, of their flesh, the lust of their flesh. They have crucified it. They did it. You and I did it. We crucified the flesh. We said no flesh. And we chose to listen to the Spirit. And follow Him. And do what He wanted and not what our flesh wanted. I, I didn't want to go to Iowa. The flesh did not want to go freeze like this. I didn't know how bad it was. It was bad. Well, the flesh didn't want to go freeze and the flesh didn't want to go live in 100, 100 degrees with 100% humidity in the summer. That's how it is in Iowa. Winter, minus 20, blizzards is, is standard. In fact, I think they're having one right now. The flesh says, no way. But the spirit was saying, yes way. You see what I'm saying? That goes into every area of our life. Notice Paul said, you're, under, you're not under the law. You're to be led by the Spirit. Oh, man. That is, there's so much in there. But Peter told us to add this ingredient to our soil. Hello? Add this. We added, we, we talked about, and we're adding, right, virtue. Excellence in every way. We, we talked about knowledge, deep, intimate knowledge of God. Wherever we are in there, we can do better. And we get to know God better and better, and we should. Our whole entire life, right? I, I, I've, said, I've thought about this and said this. Uh, you know, I've been married to Karn for quite a while now. 32? <laughs> I lose track. <laughs> it's been a while. But see, I still don't know her that well. And you don't know your spouse very well because God knows each one of us very well. We don't know each other like God knows us. God knows every thought you've ever had, every intent of your heart. He knows every bit of it. Now that's intimate knowledge come on but we're to go know God more and more and more and more like that and get to know him more and more and more and more and in these things we talked about today we're adding these ingredients so what so we can produce much fruit Peter said that you don't be unfruitful I don't want to be unfruitful and we covered a few more today. We'll probably cover some more next week. Whoo, glory. Come on, say this after me today. I don't serve Satan. I serve God. I don't serve the flesh. I yield to the spirit of God. I don't let my flesh rule me. I don't let my flesh guide me. I don't listen to the voice of the devil. <laughs> 
I listen to my God. I obey my God. I choose to add self-control to my soil so that I bear much fruit for the glory of my Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You get it today? Wow, there's a lot there. I feel like I could have preached that for another six hours. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, we aren't having Sunday night tonight, so. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, man, I tell you. I just want to start at the top. Man, I tell you, there's a lot in there. Praise God. His word is so good. I mean, you pull out one thought and you're just like, wow. Mind blown. Socks coming off, Christian. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did he text again? <laughs> oh, I got an amen from Lori Wing. <laughs> Lori, Lori and Lonnie are online. A lot of people are online. Well, ice should be gone by next week, right? We hope so. You know. What do we have an ice at the beach for? What's going on right Global warming. <laughs> yeah, they had to change. I know climate change. Right? <laughs> oh, I tell you, what a weird world we live in. It's cursed, but we're the blessed ones. Amen. We are the blessed ones. We are so blessed. So blessed. I don't think we realize how blessed we are. But I'll tell you what, when we, get, when we see Jesus, we're going to realize something. Like we've never realized, right? We can realize a lot here, but we do see through a glass darkly, as Paul said. When we see, oh man, when we, when we jump out of this body, that alone, we're going to be like, whoa, I am free. <laughs> and we're going to have no hurts, no pains. It's going to be like, whoa. Oh man, we are blessed forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I always like to end with salvation call. If today you're here, you're online, you don't know Jesus is Lord as your Lord. You've never called him Lord. You've never called out to Jesus and made him Lord of your life. Then you're still in the first Adam. And the first Adam leads to death. The first Adam is ruled by sin and the flesh. Come on, but the last Adam is ruled by the spirit. And you can come into Christ today. There's no one in heaven except unless you go into Christ, you don't go into heaven. And there's one road that leads into heaven. That is Jesus' road. He is the way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no man, nobody anywhere in this world will come to the Father's house without Jesus. He is the only way. He is the only man that lived a perfect, sinless life. So we got to accept his sacrifice for sin. He died for us as sinners, Romans 5, 8, right? He died for us, sinners, so we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We get made completely cleansed, completely white. We are cleansed. We are righteous forever in Christ Jesus. It's not about works of the laws we talked about today. It's by coming into Christ and now being led by the Holy Spirit. And you can have all of that. You can live the most blessed life. You can live the most happy life possible, but only if you're in Christ. That's the only way. There is, no, there is no happiness outside of Christ Jesus. 
because that's straight into the lake of fire at judgment time. Oh, you can have a good time on earth. You can have some fun. You can do some parties. You can, you can do all kinds of fun little things. But I'll tell you what, if you obey the flesh, your lifetime, your whole lifetime, there's nothing good at the end. But if you obey the spirit your whole lifetime, oh my, there's good stuff forever. Hallelujah. So if you don't know Jesus today, you've never called Jesus Lord. You've never been born again. You've never had your spirit come alive unto God. I ask you to pray this. Pray this after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I want nothing to do with the kingdom of Satan. I want in your kingdom, God, and now I know the way in is through Jesus. I call Jesus Lord. I call Jesus my master. I call Jesus my savior. Forever I'm yours. I lay myself before you. I am completely yours forever. Jesus has risen from the dead and Jesus is my Lord. Heavenly Father, teach me your ways. Show me your ways. I will walk in them. I will do them. I will be an obedient child in your kingdom. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, if you prayed that from your heart today for the first time, you are now saved. You have come into the kingdom of God. Jesus is your Lord and you have been born again. And now you can begin fellowship with God and following and walking in the Spirit. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Well, let's end with giving glory to God. Heavenly Father, we, we, we turn back to you and thank you for this time together with the body. We thank you. We agreed for words from heaven. We agreed that the right words would come out. And Father, we believe today lives were changed for all eternity. And people got a hold of your truth and we're going to walk in it. We're going to do it. We're not just going to hear it. We're going to do it. So Father, we turn back to you and give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the power belongs to our great God forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, Amen. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week.